talking all things pinball and arcade across New Zealand and beyond. You are listening to Simon's Pinball Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of my Pinball Podcast. Excited today to bring you the third of four Melbourne-based interviews. Today I am talking to Grant Levy, who has a wonderful collection of pinballs. Uh, He talks in great detail about his interest in the hobby and some of the machines he has um, uh, picked up along the way. Um, Also, we do discuss a home-build pinball that he has made called Battle Pin. And this is quite a unique machine, brilliantly executed by Grant. Um, It is a head-to-head pinball, so you can play against an opponent. And there aren't many um, machines that are head-to-head. I have played three different models previously. I've played the 1971 Gottlieb Challenger which showcased at, uh, well, I saw it at the Aussie Expo back in about 2016, I think that was. And also, um, the Williams put out a head-to-head called Joust, which was based on their video game uh, title. That pinball was from 1983. I did get a chance to play that at a pinball expo in Chicago. And Alvin G. Co. in 1992 had a football game which um, was in Wellington for a while, I remember. It used to play it at the arcade. All of these machines were only produced in the hundreds of units, not very high production numbers. Anyway, Grant has made one called Battle Pin, so we're going to get to hear him talk about that. Now, I did. Um, this was the second interview I did in one day, and consequently I didn't have time to send Grant a list of questions so we did forget to mention he is building another home build. So he is making a machine based around the Get Smart um, license, not a, a license, but a um, the Get Smart concept. And he has created a rather ingenious uh, ball manipulation mech um, called the Cone of Silence. If you know Get Smart, you will know that this is a feature of the show. Um, being an elevator technician himself. He has developed a ball lift system which is quite creative and you can see the link to that um, below on this page and also a link to his battle pin. So please um, join with me in welcoming Grant Levy to the chats on my website and by the end of the interview you'll hear me begin to talk like an Australian. Thank you. Well, this is my second interview today and my third in Melbourne. I've been here for the last week, just before Easter 2023, and I've had a great time. Just uh, It is a holiday, but I'm doing pinball events because that's what pinballers do. And I've, um, I've come around to meet up with Grant Levy, and I've just um, seen his collection, which is pretty amazing, and I will talk about that. I shall talk about it now, uh, but hello, Grant. Hello, Simon. How are you? In, Ke- in New Zealand, we say Grant, and I hear everyone yes, say Grant or Grant say here. Grant in Grant. Australia. Yep. 
and also Grunter. You're Grunter a is my uh, my other known name in Australia that most people know me by. They go, oh, there's Grunter over there. Is that so, your Aussie arcade? That's my Aussie arcade sort of handle, yes, handle as such. But yeah, a lot of people in, 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 in the pinballing world over here know me as that. That so. was given. That name was given to you by Kiwi. It said. was given to me by Dave the Kiwi. Um, I still have no idea why, but it uh, it uh, like um, how can I put it? A, a dag on a sheep's bum. It stuck. <laughs> so there's another Kiwi reference for you. Well, it's great to be here. So we're in your uh, game room out the back, which you purpose built. Yes, 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 this is the man shed as opposed to the man cave. It's probably, you could fit, what, six cars in here? Yes, if I would yes, it's, the, it's, it's the a good size, yep. And it's purpose-built, uh, insulated, steel beams, and it's got a collection of your, sort of your older games. This is, this some... is the uh, 70s, 80s and 90s room, yep. is probably the best way to put it. Some um, beautiful yeah. games, there's two, two centaurs, a centaur one and a centaur two. And parts to build a Centaur 3. Yes, yes. <laughs> we can resurrect another. Um, I've just had a game of the Orbitor 1, which is your most recent acquisition. That's, that's the Stern Orbiter 1. That was um, what, what I call the rare bird collection that I have, which is, is mainly in this shed. But yeah, I picked that up a couple of months ago and started breathing life back into it. It's still not finished, but if people... it's definitely on its way. It's it's it's. The, you said it was the last stern. The classic. I think stern? that was the last stern they did before they went into bankruptcy back way back when. Eighty two was it? Uh, later than I think it was later than that. Right. Um, probably the late eighties uh, maybe. And oh, okay, that late. Yeah, I got a oh. feeling. I got a feeling it was yeah, it was a bit later on, but don't don't quote me on it. <laughs> I think, I can't think of any mid eighties sterns. Um, um, might have been might have been earlier. I, I have think, been wrong I think before. we're looking 82, 83. That's oh, okay. my personal yeah. feeling. Um, but if, if anyone is familiar with it, it has a Duramold, uh, like a Lexan play, um, Playfield, yeah. Playfield, which is like the moon's surface, but it's double layered because you have the clear, the clear laminate. Yeah, the clear laminate on top that the ball rolls on, and the yeah, the underside, which is the the, the moonscape as such. So it's quite, it's quite a trippy machine to play because yeah, the ball, the the logic you have with a, a flat playfield and everything just does not apply in the slightest to to the orbital. And and the ball moves. Uh, well, it's beautifully lit, by the way. The whole underside is illuminated. Yeah. And um, it's uh, yeah, quite quite amazing to play. But to work on would be. A um, it's an absolute bugger to work on. Um, the 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 play field because of the depth of the three D and how the amount of mechanisms and everything to pull it up out and get into it is just an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Um, but it's doable. Like I said, I've been at it a bit now. I've got it basically back to playable but yeah you gotta play a bit of time into getting the uh flippers up and running and then the the, the spinning discs that, that fling the ball around the the poor old bearings and those are flogged out so i've got to get those they're going apart. constantly aren't they those, yes yeah those. they constantly spin yeah i did play it in chicago once um 2015 that would have been but that's the only time i've ever played it and it was a treat to play it today yeah well, i've only ever I think i've only ever played it at pinfest it showed up on one pinfest um, Australian, Australian uh, sourced. You, you got it here. Yeah, this you? this one was I found locally. So mm. I've been looking for a while, and it's like one of those things that just you didn't see it and it didn't show up, and then you know, sort of um, suddenly it showed up on on Facebook uh, marketplace as such, and I contacted the guy who luckily was local, and you know, we did the deal and and threw it in the back of the ute, and here it is. So. <laughs> cool. Uh, rapid fire, another unusual, uh, like a hyperball. Bally, the Bally version, the Bally of version of Hyperball. Yep, that was another. That's another one of what I call my rare birds. So same thing, 
um, wanted that. That, that came up in Queensland. They shipped it down full of uh, Queensland cockroaches that we quickly dispatched with a bit of bit of mortine. And um, yeah, that's that's still got a bit fair bit of work to do on it. But it's it's playable, and um, it, it shows you that at our age, we're, we're not the person we were when we were eighteen playing it with with nimble fingers and wrists. It, it certainly takes a toll very quickly on you. Well, keeping them working, I mean that 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 period machine must be quite a challenge electronically. Um, it's, it's like, if, you, if you're going to get into the hobby, you've got to accept it just will break. Every machine will break, something will happen, and you've got to fix it. If you, if you come in and get upset, like you turn it on, you go, oh, bugger, that, that spinner's not working, that light's out, the flipper's buggered, um, and then get all angry, then you're in the wrong hobby. So, it's, it's lucky that I have an electrical plus electronics background that I can work on the machines and fix them up because I honestly couldn't afford for another tech to come in to fix my collection. So, but I also find that satisfying. You know, it's when I, it's a win when you fix something, but then I'll turn on another machine and then then something on that will blow up and then you're <laughs> so you have wins and losses. But at the end of the day, you know that, that that's part of the game. You know, so to speak, of pinball. And it's part of I wouldn't say joy, but it's part of the challenge of having these collections. And and I wouldn't have it any other way. But yeah, yeah. some some sometimes you just turn it off and walk away and. Yeah, in frustration. But that's Save life. it for another day. But I just it. played your meteor, um, which is beautifully restored. So you you do put some care and attention into the the cosmetics as well. Well, that the meteor I can't take too much credit for. That was done by um, a guy Rich and another guy Scott uh, Seedsman. And the 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 effort that Rich put into meteor to get it back to, to what it was is phenomenal. The guy put in a hell of a lot of time and effort to bring that machine up. Um, I've got a lot of things I do in life. Unfortunately, I can't do everything. So sometimes I go, right, someone else has got time. They, I'll, I'll give it to them, farm that out to them, let them do it, and then I'll get the end result. I'll, I'll get bits and bobs and help out a bit, but he put in a lot of effort. But then other machines, I'll just do all the stuff myself. But you, you sort of, time's a very precious commodity, unfortunately. And um, so sometimes you just got to turn around and go, yep, I need to farm that out to someone else who can, can get it there. Otherwise, if I was to do the meteor up, I wouldn't see it for another five years. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it's come up a treat and the, 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 the Scott and, and Rich that did it up. You know. CPR Playfield. CPR Playfield. So and, we got in. And the, uh, cabinet, the cabinet looks like it's re-stenciled. Cabinet, cabinet's re-stenciled. Scott, we redid the, uh, the artwork on it. Um, we had to get the, the drop targets on it aren't made anymore so there's a guy swinks who uh, a few other people like myself had the similar issue and he's on aussie arcade so he said if i can get enough people involved i'll design them up and we'll get a whole bunch manufactured so that's that's what he did so like i said it's sort of a, a, a team effort aussie arcade's good with that you put these feelers out and the people will come in and chime in and, and assist and, and like I, I said i only needed I think it's 15 or 16 on, on Mehul. So that's not a production run. But if you suddenly get a whole bunch of people across Australia that want that part, then, then it's a doable thing. So, it, yeah, so without Swinks's help and, you know, people on Aussie Arcade wanting the bits, I probably wouldn't have got the bits. Now we have. My two dogs have walked in, so yeah, if there's yeah. any noise, I'll excuse them. Um, they want in on the X. That's it. So, yeah, the Meteor, when you look at it, was a whole, whole bunch of people... You know, helping out skill set and everything to put it together to bring it back to, to what it was. Yeah. So I'm very, very happy with it, and that, it's going to have an un unveiling party. Oh, cool. At some stage. Well, so. 
Lovely. Lots of people in the shed. Um, here's one that I've never seen before called Shark. Yes. And it's a Hankin machine. Um, interesting story with that one. Um, the, the artwork, the, the back glass art's really quite cool. It's quite sort of comic book. <laughs> All right. Sorry about the dogs. Come on, out of the shed, boys. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, the Hankin. It's kind of like the Silver Surfer. Like he's got this kind of. Yes, he's, he's surfing. Sur surfboard. He's surfing the board surrounded by sharks. So, yeah, that was made by Hankin, which was an Australian pinball company based up in um, New South Wales, up in. And, uh, oh, God, where are they? Newcastle. Oh, I should remember that. That's where yeah. Pinfest is. Yeah. Yes, they're up Newcastle. They did Shark, FJ Holden, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I'm trying to think. There's another couple they did. Right. Uh, how's that? And I'm sure there's one more. Um, but yeah, the shark was uh, sort of somebody wanted me to come and have a look at it because it wasn't working and they wanted to know what they could get for it. So I had a look at it and, and they said, you know, what do you, what do you think it's worth? And this thing was out in a pergola in a salt environment, which isn't obviously good for any pinball. Um, and I sort of said, look at the state it's in, you know, nine to six hundred bucks, which was the market back in the day. Um, and he you know, he sort of said, oh, yeah, 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 you know, do you want to buy it? Which I didn't for 900. I had plenty of other things to spend money on. And then I said, well, you know, really, what do you want for it? And he said, 300 bucks. So at 300, it was sold very quickly. But the proviso was I had two hours to get it out of the house or he's going to put a, a sledgehammer through it and throw it in a dump, dumpster. So I rang up another um, Guy off Aussie Arcade, one of our local boys, Budgie, who quickly come to the rescue and we, we, we saved the Hankin and I'm very glad I did because I actually like the machine a lot. Was it difficult to get working? Uh, originally not too much, but now it's it's gone all sad <laughs> and the CPU's not booting. Um, and they're not a high production machine, so it's going to be a bit tricky. But like I said, it's like anything. You just go, all right, well, it's a challenge and I'll work on it and I will... I'll, you know, and it's a, big, it it's a big wide body, so it was. It's quite a. Um, it's quite a formidable box to move. Yes. You know, quite yeah. heavy. Now, just I, I mean, I only really knew of the Empire Strikes Back from Hankin because that's the one that gets publicised a lot more. Yeah. What's the board? What board set are they running? Are they doing it's, a, a it's, Stern, it's their own no, Stern Valley thing? No, 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 it's no, their okay. own their own board. That's um, interesting. Yeah, so it's a bit it's a bit agricultural. Yeah. Um, so yes, I'll have to delve in, and yeah, there's. There'll be enough people locally, and like I said, Aussie, Aussie Arcade you find is a good uh, sort of environment that if you can't find stuff and ask, people have schematics and things floating it'd, around. It'd be harder if you were in America trying to get parts for an Australian-built game, I would imagine. Uh, but being in Australia here, they, they, yeah, I guess you can find them. So Space Invaders next to that, Bally Space Invaders and Flash Gordon. Yes. Both, yep. both looking beautiful. Yes, yes. They, um, a, a lot of these games, um, well, Centaur, Flash... Spaces, strikes and spares. Um, I used to play the arcades from, say, mid-70s. Used to get on my push bike, ride 15 kilometres into the city on a Saturday night, um, play the arcades to midnight, ride home. And, you know, went right. that went right through in the 80s. Then I got my apprenticeship. So every lunchtime was just in the arcades, just playing pins. So I've been playing all those pins. So all those pins sent or flash everything or all my sort of memory pins as such that's what i have remember good times and that's why i've tried to you know collect those to 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 you know gain the old memories back that i had you know once i finally got later in life and I had a bit of cash to splash i could 
could buy back my past, so to speak. You can't yeah. buy back your youth, <laughs> but you can buy back your, your, your happy memories. So of that's why a lot of the collection is, is those particular machines because they hold a, hold a place yeah. in, in my development. Paragon we played in the house, which is my ne nemesis because I always tank at it. Which he did. And you saw me tank. Yes. It went into the beast. Severe tanking. The first ball straight into the beast's lair down the left side. Um, fortunately, it was on five balls, not three. Otherwise, it would have been an extremely short game. Um, I noticed that John has his games on five balls too. Like, I, I generally, I mean, I don't know, the games that we play back home, if it's digital, it's three balls. If it's EM, it's five balls. But I guess you guys like the five ball, yeah, solid stakes. Oh, it's, it's sort of a mix. Everybody here, um, a lot of people are used to the tournaments. And that's sort of a blowover back onto the older machines that they go for, for three ball. Um, so s some of my older ones might be set to three ball. Most are set to five because I'm of the view back, and you've got to remember, these are memory things. So back in the day, it was five ball. Um, we didn't have three ball back then. It was 20 cents, so it was a lot cheaper. Um, so that's why I've sort of set them to that. And it gives, and especially as you know, with Paragon, which you, you, you know, destroyed you, <laughs> you need five balls. Yeah. And I think yeah, we were discussing um, before, I've made a weird-ass little electronic module that's sitting in Space Invaders at the moment that has basically gives you a ball save on, on the older 80s machines. can even be put on an EM. But I was called a heretic because, you know, how dare you have a ball save? But the problem is you can watch this, you know, you, by the time the ball goes around, you score you know, a couple of hundred points and it drops down the guts and you're done. So at least with a bit of ball save, especially on the wide bodies, um, you know, it's not right, it's not the, the purists hate it, and I understand it, but I get, you know, a bit frustrated at times. I go, that sucks, and it gives the ball back. So That's cool. We're yeah. going to talk about your tinkering in a, in a little while. Yep. Um, we'll just come over to the other wall here. You've got your 90s pins. Uh, Theatre of Magic, Bride of Pinbot, Gilligan's Island, get away with a, quite an a interesting speaker panel. Um, Tales from the Crypt, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Gottlieb Star, Stargate. And what, what, what's the deal with the speaker panel on Getaway? It, it sort of shows up the dials. Yeah, so there's, the speaker panel on uh, Getaway, a uh, guy in Oz did a nice uh, sort of black, dark version of it. It looked really cool. Um, but then I thought it'd look even cooler if all the dials are actually lit up like you'd illuminate them on a car. So custom made a, a backing panel for that, then put all the LED lighting in, which now lights all the dials up, which makes it look really good. And then just to give it the extra bit of bling, I made um, stainless steel speaker inserts, which are the, the cop on the mic, and then, then a thing of Kingpin's car, just to give it a bit more, more bling. And then to give it that bit of extra, I've got the cop lights on, as well as undercab lighting that flash the red and blues when you get into the modes that, that uh, set the beacon off on top. So. It, it come up quite nice and that you know it's just my little mods that i want to add to it as everybody does just to give it a bit more bling and it's make awesome. it look that bit more special that's cool um did you just make the one or did you make a few of them no nah, just just the one just, just the, the one, one. Yep. cool yeah it yep. makes it really unique yeah um now i can't not oh there's the strikes and spares the bowling game i don't think we mentioned that now john had a really interesting bowler from the 59 1959 which, yes, which he yep. used to run in a, in a bar called the Old Bar in uh, Fitzroy. Uh, this is a 90s version? That'll be a 90s version, This yep. is Strikes and Spares? Yep, yep. So it's a Gottlieb Strikes and Spares, but it's actually, yeah, it's not, 
It's a pin, but not a pin, as in you've got the flippers either side, you've got um, inch and a quarter uh, balls in it, and you flip the flipper, and then you flip the flipper up, and you've got your 10 pins that you then try and knock down to get your scores up. So yeah, it's quite, yet again, that's what I call one of my rare birds. There's not many that I've ever seen in Australia. And uh, yeah, that one was quite quite sad when we found it. The, the back box had collapsed onto the, the play field and the glass and everything was smashed to pieces, but... Nothing, nothing. You wouldn't know that now looking at it. It looks no. gorgeous. Well, a lot of glue and paint and you're back, <laughs> back in business. A yeah. nice new bit of glass. Um, we should mention the discs of Tron. Uh, when I first walked into this room, it just went bang, wow. It just uh, looked at that and it's got some incredible uh, 3D signage. Um, I'll try and include a photograph of that on this page. Um, so do you want to speak about that? Okay, um, so that's that's known as an environmental discs of Tron or an E-dot. Um, so, yeah, that back back in the day in the arcades in the 80s, I used to, God knows how many 20-cent coins, I, I punched through that. So that's a full enclosed cabinet as such. You stand up in it, you've got the, the Tron joystick and the spinner and you, you have to defeat Tron. Um, the sound system in it is quite amazing. That's immersive. The lighting system in it is quite impressive. Plus, it's all got UV lighting in it. Everything glows in it. Um, so, yeah, that was that was one I'd been after forever. As far as we can figure, there's maybe six cabinets in Australia. I, I personally only know of three, but we've got a feeling there might be six. So it's a, a big task. That When I got that, that was all in pieces. So it's a lot, lot to put it back, a lot to rebuild the electronics, and a lot to get it back. But it's going to be worth it in the end to, to get it back to its original status i was quite intrigued when you when you look inside and on the footprint that you stand on is like a sort of a transporter type uh, you know like an array of circles where they're all kind of yeah. glow uv yeah the uv, UV glows them up so yeah i had to get get that uh rebuilt from scratch uh the old one was all smashed up from god knows how many thousand kids yeah you know stomping all over it back in the day so yeah, you got that rebuilt the, the metal, took it off, got um, special sign rider. We got the special plastics that the fluoresce under UV. He copied it all, put it down, and then we put it like a, a tough polycarb finish over it. So I don't want to get it all scratched up again. And then yeah, when you throw the UV on it, it just, just glows up an absolute treat, which is is part of the whole look of the cabinet. Yeah. So, and yeah. blokes like, like us can still get in there? We can just get in. Um it's amazing how many people, like, it's not playable, but um, when, when I had to do here, so many people had played it back in the day and then stood back in the cabinet and they're going, something's wrong. It's, I can't remember it being this tight and this small. I said, we've all grown a bit since, you know, the 1980s and that's why. So, yeah, there'll be a lot of people want to play it once it's, it's back to its former glory, so to speak. That's fantastic. And there's a bingo game, Miss America. I used to have a Miss Universe. Oh, okay, yep. Similar, yep. similar uh, theming with the... Uh, 70s girls on the back um what's the story with the bingo machine all right so yet again another memory machine um that actually come down from rockhampton which is far north queensland um back in the day I used to get the train into a place called abbotsford in in, in melbourne and you go down and there'd be the greeks that'd have the shop and they'd all be sitting in the front and they'd be smoking playing cards and drinking coffee and um You'd go in and there'd be a curtain in the back of the shop. You'd go through the curtain and all the bingo machines are in there. They didn't care. Money's money. Ten cents off a kid or ten cents off an adult is still ten cents. So you'd go in. We'd all play the bingos. You know, we'd go in. If we were lucky, we'd come out with a couple of dollars. Now, back then, as a little, you know, like I'm 
talking in the 70s and the kid that age to come out with a couple of bucks in your hand was friggin' awesome. And the Greeks did, like I said, the Greeks didn't care. <laughs> didn't worry. But yeah, if any cops come in or anything, everything was slid around, the door disappeared, nothing to see. So um, most of the bingos back in the day in Australia, if they were found, was smashed to pieces because they were, they were a gambling machine. So that, yeah, when this thing popped up, I was happy to, to get it on board and they're an electromechanical marvel. They're just unbelievable. The back of it looks like the telephone. Exchange. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they're an amazing bit yeah. of kit. So, but yet again, fixed it all up, got it running. Then it had a problem. We fixed that up, and then I've turned it on again. Now it's got another problem. So that's, like I said, if you don't, you know, like fixing things, try not to get into well, this hobby. Uh, yeah. Tim Arnold, who owns the Pinball Hall of Fame, he had collected a lot of bingos, and I remember him saying on one on one of his videotapes. If you are thinking of buying a bingo, open up the back and put your head in. If you can smell like a damp smell, leave it alone. That's it. Walk away. Walk because away. Because it's full of wiper contacts. Ah, oh, that's it's an amazing bit of kit. And one one of the things is it's um, it's got like clutch cams. It slides the plates, and they're they're leather clutches, right? But you go, all right. What lubricant do you have to get? To get a thing called Neat's Foot Oil, which goes into the clutch, which is a and I found out I can only buy that at like Horseland because it's, it's an oil they rub into saddles or whatever. So that's all these little things you don't realise until, you know, you sort of get it home and open it up and go, what the hell have I got myself into? Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's when it's running properly, I mean, it's not going to set your world on fire, but it's still a fun thing to try and, you know, win those credits and get them back and, and hopefully George or Con in the front of the shop will pay up, you know, in my memory. So... <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. So we'll move into the house now. Um, you've got the more modern games. Yes. Yep. Um, <clears throat> let's see if I can remember. We had a Ghostbusters. Correct. We had a Star Trek Premium, Stern Star Trek Premium. Yep. Had a Godzilla yes. Premium, was it a uh, Premium? Yes, that's yep. a Premium. Just That's the latest edition. And we had a Jersey Jack Guns N' Roses. Correct. The um, Alien, which yes. I just played for the first time since I've been here. And that was the second time I played... Played your one today. And you did far better on that than you did on Paragon. I did. So, well done. Oh, yeah, better well than Paragon. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and, but exciting. I, I, I enjoyed that. And, and I loved the way that the sound is integrated into them. The movie clips are integrated yeah, into no, the Yeah, it's, it's a very nice integration of the clips. You know, they, they've done done well. And the sound, the sound system is, is very good on it. Yeah. Like, great you, sound. You said it. that you had, and originally got um, quite keen on the early version, the Highway. I, I played the, the Highway version years ago at, at uh, probably the one and only time it showed up in Melbourne at a flip out at the Sandbelt Hotel. And I, I enjoyed it then. I could tell the um, the code had a long way to go. I did enjoy it. I was a bit umming and ahhing on the new one because the, the original Highway had the. Uh, like in the centre of the playfield, they had the LCD screen, which I really liked that. And uh, when Pinball Brothers did it, they said, look, you know, there's too much issues with it, plus stability of the playfield. So that's why I said we didn't do it. I was a bit negative on that. Um, but having got it now and they've got the, the other screens and things, yeah, it, it, it hasn't, uh, you know, taken anything away from the gameplay for me. And yeah, quite, quite enjoying, except for the hypersleep lock shot up the top of the, is just so horrendous to try and get it's satisfying when you get it but it's 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 probably a harder shot than it needs to be did they also redesign the ball lock the wand that comes out of the yeah the ball the ball lock but that's yeah they redesigned that that was um with the old software though i even found that was quite 
clunky. There was a lot of noise out of the um, the stepper motor and everything they use. I've just put the new software in, and that's made a big difference to a lot of the, the noise and the operation. Um, but that only went in the other day. So you've, you've played probably uh, the, the more games on the new software that I have, so I'll have to get into it after you depart. Yeah, no, it's cool. And I love the lighting scheme. It's, yes. it's really yeah, no, it's, it's, it's It's done well. What have I missed? I've missed a few, I, I, I think. Uh, so Paragon. Let me think. Coming back the other way, there's a Deadpool. Deadpool. That's yeah, right. Deadpool. That's which, a pre- was that a premium? That's a premium. Yeah, it's a premium it? as well, yeah. I, I don't get um, the pros. I just, I like the toys. I, 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 you know, I can't sort of go to an LE level in things, but I think the premiums got that, that bit of extra toys that I want and that little bit of extra stuff. The pro to me is a thing which is good for a pub environment, but as a home collector, I just want that, that little bit more, so I, I go for the premiums, just for the extra toys and bits and bobs and cool. you know, mm. drop targets and things as such. Shall we talk about the thing that you mentioned to me on Sunday that you literally blew my mind when you showed me your YouTube video, which I'm going to link again yes, on yes. this page. So Battle Pin. Yes, good old should battle pin. Shall we move on to that now? Why not? Why not? Um, so, you did a homebrew. I did. I decided um, years ago in Sydney at could be wrong. Para, no, is it Parramatta? It's out that neck of the woods. They had a big pinball expo, and I saw um, the Elven G soccer head to head. And what was the other one? There's another one, an American there's, one. There's one that tilts. Yeah, there's a tilt one, and uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the other one. I had it somewhere anyway. Just? Challenger. 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 Oh, um, so I saw that and I thought, oh, wow. And I'd never played a head-to-head pinball, and I thought, well, why, why aren't they doing these anymore? You know, it's just sort of... So I, I come back from that going, you know, I can build... I wanted to build a pinball, and I thought, well, I'll build a head-to-head. No one else... Everybody else is still building normal, you know, homebrew. It's still a pinball. Nobody's doing a, a head-to-head like, yeah, like Joust or whatever. So I thought, no, nah, I'll, I'll do do the head-to-head. Um, and then we, uh, so that, that seed was in my, my brain. Um, so then I decided, all right, well, I'll, I'll do a basic play field with flippers either end, friends and family in, and we'll just we'll just flip at each other. See, you know, see if, if, it, if it's... Makes you happy, makes you sad. Go, why the hell would you even bother with this? Everybody was happy to defeat someone else. It's it's human nature that you want to be the winner, and it's you want to look at the loser in the eye and maybe do your happy dance and put a big L on your forehead. Um, so it it was a goer. So that was I said, all right, this is a goer. I'm I'm going to go from here. Um, in hindsight, if I'd probably spoken to my younger self and realised what I had to go through to get from point A to a playable pin, I probably would have said, don't do it. But it's, it was already like, I had so many ideas flowing, I was so excited, I said, no, nope, this, is, this is a goer, this will be it. Um, the decisions I sort of made then was, I'm not going to half-ass the machine, you know, it'd be nothing worse, you put time and effort in, and you end up with a you know, sort of a machine that, that that's made by Toll Toys or something. Not that they make bad things, but, you know, it, I didn't want it looking like that. I wanted it to look like a professional pin that, you know, sort of come out of a factory. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was built from the ground up. The design was done from the ground up, everything. There was nothing, 
I could grab or do that existed. Because it, so, started with the play fields, the distance, the pitch, length of the cabinet, all that sort of stuff. All built from scratch, all done in God knows countless hours of AutoCAD design. I had no idea how to build a play field, how to even do it. But the the beauty of um, knowing the skill base of your friends and people on Aussie Arcade or other forums is what gets you through. I can't, you know, I'm not the master of all trades. I'm the jack of many trades, but the master of none. But I know someone who can see and see. I know someone who can do artwork. I know someone who can help with programming. I know someone who could, you know, do the play, the play field spraying. So I had a, a, a bunch of assets of people that I knew could generate a result I wanted. All I had to do was get to them what I wanted. Mm. You know, here's the art I want. Here's the panel I need made. Here's what this little bit of software needs to be done. So I did it there. And, but the other thing was I also built this thing on a grassroots level. There's a lot of things with multimorphic and all the rest of it, Cobra Pin and that, which, which everybody is using now. Um, I built this thing based on 1980s electronics brain, which was my head, um, using hobby chips, which is a thing called a pickaxe, and homemade um, boards which horrifies um, people nowadays because they just go, why wouldn't you have designed a circuit board and everything? But I actually wanted to build it very old school, and that's what it is. And yes, it is very rudimentary, but if you didn't pop the top, you wouldn't know it from a modern machine. Well, the thing that impresses me is it looks so professionally finished with the trim, the artwork, um, the lighting. The lighting is absolutely spectacular. And... Um, it looks like something that could have come out of a factory. Yeah, well, that was when it, when it first, because um, it was a big rush, it, uh, probably about two and a half years from the brainwave to the playable machine that that, that sort of two or well, night out from um, going up to Pinfest and uh, sent it up. But yeah, the amount of people there that looked at it and that no, a lot of them just would not believe it's not a factory built machine because they're going, oh, you don't want to buy one. I'm going, well, you can't. It's a one of. <laughs> I made it in my shed. And they go, no, no, it can't be. That had to be made in a factory. I'm going, no, it's not. It's out of a shed. My shed, I'm telling you now. So, yeah. So that that, that to me was, um, you know, I felt really proud of it because I, that, that obviously proved to me I'd achieved the thing where, you know, I wanted to think this to look like a professional pin out of a factory. People saying that's what it is. So I was, I was really chuffed well, that I ball, got that feedback. The ball glides, absolutely glides on the play field. The play field's like sort of liquid glass. And there's no there's no air ball when it hits the apex. No, nope. it's it's quite smooth. Um, and talk a little bit about the, the features of the battle pen. All right. So what I wanted to do, I just didn't want it to be a a you know a slog fest, so to speak, where you just whack it backwards and forwards like a say an air hockey. Um, I wanted you to actually have modes and situations. So the under the play field, there's, there's four magnets, two magnets each end, what I call a defend, what a, an attack magnet. They add a, a degree to the game that makes it fun and gives you a sense of achievement. If you catch the ball with the, with the magnet, you can drop it down. The opposition player is straight between his flippers. If he can then deflect the magnet with his magnet, sorry, the ball with his magnet, and save himself, so to speak. So the attack magnet, the defend magnet... Um, other features in it that I wanted to put in so professional players that get upset is there's, there's numerous modes with the flippers. It can do reverse flippers. It can do uh, dead flippers. 
You can do flipper frenzy where it'll just combine a dead flipper and a reverse flipper and do all sorts of wonderful things. It'll give you a life back. It'll give you um, credits. It, it So, yeah, there's different modes that'll come up in it as you play and it'll display it, which we d discussed, but not many people watch the scrolling display to let you know it's in a mode. Um, the magnets, you don't have unlimited magnets. Um, that's the other feature I want to put in it, that you have to make the effort to hit the magnet target. So there's M-A-G-N-E-T floating around on the play field. It'll give you credits back, so then you can use your magnets to attack or defend yourself. So it, it gives it a playability. Um, it upset enough of the professional players because of the, the flippers would not behave. Uh, the other thing which I found interesting was the tilt. People get upset with tilt because you'll have somebody play up rough one end and then it'll tilt. The other player will get upset and go, well, it's not my fault. I didn't tilt it. Why do I lose the ball? I'm going, well, it's good, but it's not good enough to know who's thrown the whole machine yeah, around. It, yeah, just, yeah. it just tilts. So, yeah. But originally it could do a lot more. And as, as, as discussed with you, Simon, when it went to... Um, numerous pin fests and flip outs and it went to packs as well. Uh, I discovered that Joe Public, you know, even though I had all this wonderful rule set, was too much for anybody to understand. So I actually took a lot out of the code and put it to what I, what I prefer to call it as pub code. But that's what everybody enjoys playing. And that's, yeah. it's, it's not too much for them to understand and they get a kick out of it. Even though, even then, um, especially the big things, you know, they probably only understand 2% of what's going on. But it's it's the whole me versus you thing, yeah. That that goes on. Well, I remember Alvin G's soccer game back in yeah. the nineties. Was about ninety four, I think that came out or something. And it's a lot of fun. And I played the uh, there's a, the challenger, the one with the tilting playfield. Yes. Yeah. I played that in Aussie Aussie um, Expo in Penrith. Yeah, uh, that's the one. That's 20, the one. Twenty sixteen. That was it. And that it was working Penrith. beautifully. Yep. And yep. the the, the playfield, the whole the playfield was one one straight line, straight uh, surface. And it would mm. tilt um, back and forth. Yeah. But the way it glided back and forth was quite marvellous. Yeah. Now, this battle pen that you made... Uh, here, I'm speaking with an Aussie accent now. Yeah, look at that. Um, yeah, mate. Was, has, some has some industry firsts that you beat Jersey Jack to the call on. Yes. Um, on, the, on the battle penny that around the top of the play field, there's um, interactive LED lighting in, in a light channel. Um, and that runs around the top of the play field. Um, and to that stage, I don't think anybody else sort of had it. Um, Jersey Jack saw the machine in flip out back in the day, and this was before Guns N' Roses come out. And um, so he's seen the interactive above play field lighting strips. And I'm not saying that, you know, <laughs> you know I'm not saying anything, but it just seems interesting that he now has it on his machines and and so on and so forth. And the camera? And there was, oh yes, yes. Um, also, Battle Penny has a camera that, that uh, aims directly down on the play field to show people standing back what's going on. And it was sort of stated that, that dialed in at the time had, you know, look at this, the first pinball with a camera that does this, that and the other. And there was a sort of a cough in the back of the room, a few coughs actually, from a few people, maybe pointing out that there was another machine in, in there that already had a camera active as well. So it um, <laughs> was, wasn't such a first. And, and it, yeah. And, and uh, it's, it's so much fun to play. I think, like you say, you need two or three games to get a bit of a handle on the magnets because it's the left magnet is the defend magnet, the left button, defend magnet, right button, attack magnet. Um, so the little bit of uh, manoeuvring to, 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 to get used to the controls. 
um, and also I like the variable the variable plunge. Yeah, so That's if you hold nice. hold the um, the fire button to shoot the ball, yeah, if you hold that on for a few seconds, it gives a soft plunge. So you roll the ball back round and low onto your flipper to attack. Otherwise, you have if you just press it, you get the full fire plunge, which then fires it off into the pop and can go anywhere. So if you were to take what you know from this particular build and do a 2.0, uh, have you got any thoughts to? Yes, to, to, def def to definitely. Yep, yep. Um, it will. It the, the play field basically. Everybody's pretty much happy with the play field. There'll be a little few tweaks you put on. There's going to be spinners and a few other bits and bobs. Um, we will not have the, the the rudimentary electronics. It'll be proper, you know, circuit boards and things. Um, as to what format, yet not a hundred percent. The seven segment displays, which I used which are the big big ones i just used them because i want seven segment displays um they'll go to more you know everything now is video screens that's what use everybody's used to it'll have that um as you pointed out the the scrolling displays with the things will be changed so that the player picks up that it's changed into modes it'll be a lot lighter mm -hmm. <laughs> um but still pretty much the same machine the dimensions, as you pointed out, only yep. a little bit longer than a standard pinball. Yeah, it's only a little bit longer, and people can't sort of understand that. But it's the the playfields aren't a full length pinball playfield, so that's why even though it's got two playfields in it, it's not as long. So it's it's basically probably about a hundred mil longer than a standard pinball. So it's 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 not as frightening as it looks. But yeah, there'll be there'd be cosmetic changes and there's there's talks in the works to, to, to come up with Battle Pinny version 2.0 That's but um, the things you'd like to do in life like imagine if that you could pick teams say I make a rugby version of it or you know whatever and you might have all blacks you know and wallabies up the other end who knows a big imagine, seller. imagine if you could pick your teams yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the other the other facet of this which well, Simon, you know, that's, that's been done before with NBA Jam is an NBA fast break. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the linked the linked pinballs where you could play against an opponent, but there were there were two pinballs, but they were linked with, with cabling. Ah, well, imagine if you can look at each other in the eye. That's <laughs> that's the satisfaction. But that was another thing with the tower height on this. Um, Simon's quite taller than me. I'm, well, I'm shorter than him either way. Um, that tower was set at a certain height because there's certain players in our league um, that were tall blokes, and they wanted. They wanted, this was like when you ask people, they go, no, I want, to, I want to be able to look the opponent in the eye. I don't want to duck down and yeah. I want to look him in. So the, the tower's actually quite high based on the fact that people over six foot want to eyeball each other <laughs> before they go to battle. So, yeah, there's a, there's a few design attributes, like I wouldn't have thought about it, but they go, no, no, we want to look at each other in the eye before we start or when we finish. It's so, interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. cool, cool. So... Um, where do we go from here? Um, the community is really active here. It's been great just being here for the week and meeting up with some of some of you guys, your collectors. Um, do you travel up to Sydney, Brisbane? Do you go to the Brisbane Masters? I haven't done the Brisbane. I go to, like I said, we do um, Pinfest annually. Um, I like to, I, I, we contribute Battle Pinny or other pins. Um, a, for the social get-together with everybody up there, and B, that's a charitable event. So it's, you know, we assist there and they, they give money to charities but that's good no i haven't been up to the brisbane masters maybe one day um 
like the Aussie Arcade, the meats you have in New Zealand, mm. for instance, like before COVID hit, you know, I was looking at, at that and probably will get over. Apparently is an event next year. I'm, I might I'm, pop over. I'm trying to throw something together. I've been working on it for about five years. Yep, yep. So <laughs> I'm working on the concept at July next year. Uh, yeah, we, we have been having Pincade, 15 years of Pincade, um, but our ambassador passed away a couple of years ago and Dave Peck has picked up the mantle to continue that. Um, so that's in March, that's traditionally in March in Auckland. Um, and so yeah, Wellington has branded what we call the Kiwi Capital Silver Ball to be one week after Brisbane. No, okay, so yep. we're trying to kind of catch a few tr international travellers that yeah, might, they're flying back over, yep. might come to Brisbane mm -hmm. and then we think, well, there's, the following weekend there's a thing in Wellington. But, you yeah, know, it's, it's good to have meets get together because pinball's getting hard to find yeah, on yeah. public locations. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, in Melbourne, we've got a good, um, uh, like, tournament set up now, which is, is um, it's a couple of people, Bayside Pinball Club, which is uh, Lucas Barden, um, and uh, who else you got? Ryan, Ryan, Kaz, and a few other people that have, that have helped set up tournaments around Melbourne. So there's, there's, there's a few venues now, and they, they're getting the younger crowd in which is good and and running very successful events and i mean most of them you know they've got like 30 plus people at them each night so that's working out well and that, that's good that's it's sort of revitalizing it back since we've, we've coming out of the covid lockdowns mm. it's it's sort of this social interaction that everybody wants and they you know people are getting the satisfaction of a few points or winning winning the tournament so it's it's building and it's it's building more um it's which which is good it's a different sort of set up to how life was in the 80s and all the rest of it with arcades and things. And, yeah, with sort of we're hoping to get... Mel Melbourne had a scene before COVID, the Aussie Arcade, we basically were trying to have a meet a month at, at other people, you know, separate homes. And we, we got to that point and then, unfortunately, COVID hit, that shut it down. But we're slowly um, getting back like you were at John's meet. Um, I'll look at having a meet later this year. We're going we're gonna to try and revive it and get... You know, maybe eight or so meets a year would be good. And because just COVID to, was particularly harsh. It, 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 Mel, Melbourne it? really copped it. Our, our lockdowns were very harsh and very long. We had the last meet before the big lockdowns here. And then between numerous lockdowns, we had one more meet here. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. And then I think John's has been sort of the next one to follow on from that. So, yeah, Mel, we, we got hit very hard with lockdowns here. And it, it, it sort of knocked everything on the head and it was very hard. And it was... Luckily for things like podcasts like this, um, kept a lot of us going because we were just locked up going nutty in our houses. And we had that and the boys doing Twitch streams and things, um, which helped everybody get through and, and, and kept that sense of community as such. You know, all the people that you'd been in touch with, you'd get on, the, you know, you'd watch the feeds and things and you'd do the live chats and things. And it was just a good way of connecting back in a in a difficult time, mm. which it was. So. No, it's great. And yeah. it's good to see things beginning to open up again. Um, so, uh, we didn't mention the, uh, was it Aladdin's Castle over there? Oh, good old Aladdin's Castle. So mm. that's my, my, uh, one and only EM. I actually bought that off John. Right. Uh, many years ago. And I think that was, geez, Aladdin's Castle might've been my second or third pin. Right. And same thing. I wanted an EM. I like the, um, you know, I like the chimes. I like the bells and I like the clunk, clunk, clunk of the steppers and everything. Yeah. It's just, it's just soothing sound to me, you know. It's, I just love the sound of it. But yet again, like all other pinballs, turned that on the other week for my daughter's 18th and it crashed a bird. Well, yeah. not burned as such, but yeah, it's like, so, all right, another one to fix. Yeah. 
yeah. But yeah, no, that's how I got it. Plus, great looking back glass on it. It's good. I've actually seen games in John's collection that I've never ever seen before. The Chicago coin. Yes, yeah. Uh, branded machines. Uh, you don't see those. No, no, he had it. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, so yes, I think we've covered off anything and everything. Is there any any closing thoughts about what the future might hold for pinball that you see? Uh, look, I, I think it's it's good. I'm seeing a growth in it again. You're looking at everything that's coming out. The amount of pinball companies are now coming out um, is expanding, and the, and the titles and quality is good. Um, a thing that the, the, on the uh, internet, the, well, Facebook, there's like the strictly um, custom pinball page. And that shows a lot of people. And yet again, that's a really good forum. If you want to build custom pinballs, join that group and look. And um, yeah, the Texas uh, Pinball Festival, like the, the homebrew section there was amazing. So, and that that's all because of, you know, Multimorphic and all these, you know, Cobra Pit and all the rest of it that are coming out and it's making it easy. And like you said, you can just grab chunks of software and create it. So I'm looking at what's, what's coming out, what's expanding compared to when, you know, when I was building Battle Penny, there was only a couple of homebrews being built. Um, and now you look at it and there's probably, you know, a dozen on the go. And a lot, a lot of people, a lot of younger people, a lot of them are based on video games or things that they played back in the day and they, they, they're producing them. So it's looking, it's looking a lot more positive. Um, and it, it's good to see it's coming back. You know, it's not an app-based thing on a phone. It's a, a physical thing. My, Proof of that, I think, is my daughter's birthday was a few weeks ago. We had a whole bunch of the young folk in, and yeah, they hammered the machines. They absolutely loved them, and that that was you know good, good, good to watch. Every machine had somebody on it, and they were all, all pinging away. So and what were the what were the comments as they were leaving? Oh no, they loved it. They just like yeah, couldn't, couldn't yeah. believe it. They just blown away. That's but, brilliant because they're about yeah. eight, 18, 19 year olds. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they yeah they just like you know not many people have a full arcade or two and in the females house. too yes yeah. yeah oh yeah no no yes it's the whole the whole demographic so that's cool yeah it's yeah. nice to see um a good representation of women playing pinball we're doing a women's league in wellington now so once a month we do a woman and yep. um gender diverse yes uh, yes yes tournament and it's really good to grow that well that's it yeah hey grant Grant, thank you so much. It's been thank you for the invite and thank you for the time. It's been excellent, wonderful. Love chatting with you. Uh, good luck with Battle Pen 2.0. Uh, maybe you'll take that to Texas one you day. You never, you never, never know. <laughs> we'll we'll see, see how we go, but yes. Thanks, mate. We'll we'll, we'll 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 close off here and maybe have a few games and another another drink together. That'll be great. Sounds like a great plan. Thank you for your time, Simon. Thanks, mate. No worries. <laughs>